episode 28 of the Comeuppance Reviews podcast. This is Brett from Comeuppance Reviews. Hey, it's me, Ty. We're back. Wow, episode 28. We're two away. To <laughs> yeah, it's, it's pretty amazing <laughs> stuff. And yep. we have a special guest. We sure do. It's Matt. Matt. the director video connoisseur. How are you uh, doing? Good, good. Thanks for having me back on. Oh. It. Always a fun time. Oh, great. Thanks for uh, doing this. And this is your 25th appearance. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, have, we only have 28 episodes and yeah. you've been yeah. on 25 times. Yep. <laughs> right. It's a, it's a, that's only like uh, uh, overshadowed by like the 30 probably, right, that you guys have been on. on, on, yeah, on yeah, exactly. <laughs> we, we're, we're, we're frequent contributors to each other's uh, uh, podcasts for sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and that's, it's good. I love that mutual uh, admiration society that we have for each other. I think it's it's helped us along in the podcasting world to a you certain degree. We have. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. It's funny. One thing it's, it's that I've noticed really recently is that a lot of times I'm going to review something, especially something from like the, the late '80s, early '90s, and you know there'll be like the IMDb, you know, uh, externals, external reviews, it, and sometimes it's just comeuppance um, for some of those. <laughs> And and so then it's like okay I'm just joining you know it's like like okay I, you know I'm following in your foot like you know like uh, you know like I'm 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 the only other person that that's interested in this kind of movie so we definitely have like an overlap in taste for sure. Oh yes, definitely, and uh, yeah, no, it's, it's it's great. And um, Ty, you were saying when after we watched, speaking of early '90s uh, action whatever you were talking we were talking about shadow of the dragon right. and how the villain in shadow of the dragon is kind of dr claw-esque like yes. from inspector gadget so well, take it from there well before we mention that i just want to mention what well what is shadow of the dragon you may ask okay <laughs> right well That's right. Some, i want to jump the gun on that yeah well it's some what is this like some kind of silly kind of action movie with these two old guys <laughs> Right. These right. two old detectives. It has William Smith and Robert Zadar, and Zadar plays uh, the chief. He's they're barely in it. So, yeah, the villain's like a Doctor Claw from Inspector Gadget type. But then I thought, wait a second. In today's era of these dark superheroes, there could be a, a dark Inspector Gadget, dark Gadget. So it's like right. And yeah. I think you had an idea of casting for who yeah. would play Gadget instead of, yeah. say, Matthew Broderick. No Matthew Broderick, no French Stewart from the sequel. <laughs> <laughs> we have Liam Neeson so it's like, as Inspector Gadget. It's like, I don't it's know what would that sound like. Yeah. I don't know who Sorry, you are. No. I have a gadget. I have a fork. <laughs> so, so. <laughs> so do you think that would that's something that Hollywood yeah. should really look yeah. into? Because, you know, they have the Dark Knight. You know, it's well, different from their 60s Batman. Yeah, Why the couldn't they have the gadget do the same thing? Yeah, the Dark Gadget rises or whatever. Like, go, mm-hmm. go, gadget, gone. So it's, so yeah, I, he, he wears like a black suit, not the suit, not the gray suit. So, it's like, so he he slowly walks the streets. Yeah. I mean, you think about like Netflix. I mean, they're yeah. Netflix and and Amazon and all these these like um, streaming channels. They're doing like these TV shows of like they're they're trying to build these franchises, right? Like yes. I mean, now the you know the Netflix is doing them for Nurse Ratchet from One Flew Over the Cuckoo Nest, which I I didn't know that there was more of a story there to tell about that. But you know, I mean, it, it feels like a great franchise idea, doesn't it? Like a dark Inspector Gadget, and and you know, um, I feel like Penny would have to be like a really like really really attractive blonde, right? Like it would you know it wouldn't just be like a girl. It like, would be like, a little girl. Right? 
Right, right. You know, you, you got to jazz that up a bit too, probably. But I mean, I'm surprised that like Netflix hasn't mined this, or you know, one of those streaming <laughs> channels for like a no. you know, like a ten episode yeah. season or something. It's, well, it's such a good idea. You know, like on the South Park episode, like they just called Netflix and they said, "Okay, we we greenlight your series. Can yeah. we do that? Like, can we just call Netflix and then just how do we get well, in contact with them? Because well, they greenlight we have, everything. We have been members of Netflix Disc and streaming for 15 years, Brett. So, well, that's true, but I, I don't know if that translates to the production side. But oh, that's maybe. true. We got, yeah, let me talk to the production side. Let me talk to uh, uh, Reed Hastings. Or we call him Greed Hastings. <laughs> But, uh, <laughs> um, but about Penny, though, it could, Penny herself would be dark and have problems. Like, it would be kind of like Girl with a Dragon Tattoo. Yeah. You know? What was the you dog's know? name? Oh. Oh, yeah. What you was know? the dog? Yeah. I should have uh, gone into this with. Uh, well, I didn't think we'd be getting that deep into it, but I can actually look <laughs> that up if you guys want to talk amongst yourselves. Um, sure, sure. You can look it up. Okay. But, um, but actually. Well, I don't want to get too ahead, but if I was going to say we we both have people that should have been action stars, so yeah. we could go into that. We have Brain. Brain is the dog. Oh, Brain, Brain. right. Yes. Yeah. Wow, that, good call. That was that good. Because yeah. right, remember the idea behind Brain, right, was that he was the one doing all of the solving of the crimes, right? He was like essentially like going behind Inspector Gadget. And so I guess if he if it's a darker version, right, I don't know, how, how do you mitigate that, right? I mean, because – you know, Inspector Gadget is supposed to be if he's dark, if he's Liam Neeson, he can't be fumbling as much. Right, he can't so. be dumb, yeah. Right. So <laughs> hmm, maybe Brains is not there, maybe he has a cat. Right. Well, <laughs> well, no, maybe it could be he does make mistakes, but because he has like a drug problem or you know, some oh, a yeah. darker reason well, why he's making the mistakes. Oh, you you mean Mr. Gadget, not Brains. <laughs> yeah, Gadget. <laughs> right. Brain clean cleans up the apartment. For him after he's like had a bender right it's a, right right and that's kind of what i'm seeing yeah. yeah i like this this is good so it would right, be so, like a uh, walk among the tombstones at liam neeson movie or something yeah so it's like, <laughs> um but so, yeah so i guess so you can get there's an idea netflix call us you know um, hulu tubi yeah i don't know put locker <laughs> so um, yeah, Hulu, any of the streaming services, Disney Plus, I don't know all of them. Shudder, how about Shudder? Yeah, maybe it could be more horrific. <laughs> peacock or everything. Yeah, Peacock, yeah. Uh, that's a great uh, name. Like... CBS, oh, Creepy yeah. Eye, what's it called? Yeah. I don't know. Quibi or something. Quibi? Yeah, Quibi. what is Quibi? What, how, first off, how do you say that? And Quibi. What? I, right? I, I don't know. I see commercials oh, okay. for it. I'm like, I don't know what what is this. This is yeah, it's like yeah, we, we we're like saturated with streaming. It's too much streaming. I know, I know. <laughs> and and, it's, and but, but see, that's the thing. We're, there's so much streaming. If if I can't pronounce the name of your streaming service, I'm probably not going to go with it because I could just go with one of the more easy to say <laughs> options. Yeah, and exactly. if I wanted to speak Arabic, I'd learn Arabic. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Netflix is a very easy one to say. Hulu, it really easy. Yeah. Four letters, it's easy to yeah. type too. I mean, that's the other thing too. Is like in this current climate where everybody's usually talking to each other via texting on phones or messaging on phones. Mm -hmm. Like anything that is really quick and to the point. I mean, you know, Prime. You know, you just type in Prime. Yeah. You just type in Hulu. Tubi is another one. I mean, there, there's a huge advantage to just being four letters. And just being able to boom, 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 you've got it typed out when you're sending a message to someone. Um, yeah, a lot of these companies need to really look into that kind of thing. Yes. Also, yes, maybe I, if we're talking about streaming services, we could talk about how Crackle has too many commercials. Right. <laughs> <laughs> 
commercial one of nine. It's like one of nine. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Tubi is so much better about that. Yeah. I think what Tubi does is they they combine them. I think maybe that's why they're better. But it's like they're so like not intrusive. And I I I. I, I did one with Pluto the other day. Same thing. Cause I, I think the movie I wanted to watch was on Pluto and Crackle. Uh, uh, Crackle. So I mm. thought, well, okay, Crackle I know is really bad. So why don't I try Pluto? Pluto was just as bad. It was like every five minutes there's like you know two commercials about. They were all DoorDash commercials too. So it was just like <laughs> you know like they, they they must have bought the whole movie commercial thing. So it was like every commercial. It was like the same one over and over again, which made it even worse. Yeah, I just yeah. <laughs> well, that's the thing about yeah. If you were to watch something on IMDb TV, yeah. it's they've pretty much got the same couple of commercials um, like for Amazon or it's it's not that well because I watched uh, what was I think it was Columbo. And so because it's a TV show, you almost expect commercials. I didn't think it was that bad. And you can always mute it just like you could, you know, in the old days. But a movie, I don't know. I don't know if I could do a movie that way. Well, we did. We did watch uh, all – well, it's far back now. But when we watched Universal Soldier, The Return, we watched that on Crackle, if you remember <clears> that, right? <throat> it was and, like it took forever. <laughs> what was that movie with John Fu? Oh, oh. What's it called? That's that as that generic title. Oh, extraction. Escape. Extraction. Extraction. And that's a crackle exclusive movie. Yeah, a crackle original. Okay. Well, we watched it on demand, so there were either no commercials or just maybe one. Yeah. So that's fine. So yeah, John Fu, Vinnie Jones, Danny Glover, and Sean Astin. Wow. <laughs> Vinnie Jones, like yeah. it, it, he's like becoming like the Danny Trejo, you know. Eric Roberts was just like, you know, do you need like a, 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 a tough guy in your movie who can be like the heavier or whatever? It's like, no, Vinnie Jones must not be doing anything, so we'll call no. him. <laughs> yeah, he's in everything. He's in, he, he has like 400 credits now, like Eric Roberts or Dave on IMDb. It's, you know, his whole career is built off of being like a guy that was like a bruiser in, uh, in, in soccer in England. You know, I think like he, you know, he, he has like a real famous thing where he, he uh, got a guy in the groin, a famous Yeah, uh, I remember, that's a classic picture. And I just right. That. Yeah. So it's like, <laughs> that's how his well, career. I mean, an awesome career out of that. You know, it's, know. it just keeps going and going. He, he's one of these guys, you know, I think maybe it's part of the British character that he just likes to work. You know, I don't think he really cares. He just wants to work. It's almost like these other quote unquote higher class actors like Michael York or Malcolm McDowell. They just like to work. You know, they like to be in these movies. They don't care if it's some stupid space slog. They just want to be working, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Malcolm McDowell was in a lot of crud in the late 90s, <laughs> yes. for sure. Like 2031, The Deadly Wake or something like that. <laughs> Michael Parry. Cyborg sequels, too, right? Was he in Cyborg? Yeah, he was in Cyborg 3, The Recycler. Yeah. That's right. They recycled. Was that. Also in that. Uh, the, that was in part two. Yeah, that oh. had two Oscar yeah. winners. That had Palance yeah. and it had Angelina Jolie. Yes, Oscar <laughs> caliber right there. Right. Yeah. Oscar caliber it's movie. Oscar like. caliber. Oh yes, um, we should probably get to our other segment. Right. Um, so should have been an action star. As you were the guest, Matt, what? Who is the person you believe should be an action star? So I came up with this one yesterday, and I mentioned it to Ty. I was thinking uh, Johnny Resnick from uh, Goofy Doll. <laughs> Right. <laughs> and, and and actually, you know, it kind of reminded me too. I had forgotten, like in the '80s and '90s, a lot of like like MTV and a lot of like uh, rock and roll, you know, like like rock radio stations would refer to this month as Rocktober. And uh, right. it's been a long time since Perfect. we've had Rocktober. So yeah, Rocktober. 
Yeah, I didn't even think that it fits with the theme of Rocktober to have uh, Johnny Resnick from Goo Goo Dolls. I also was thinking, too, Matt Scanlon from Vertical Horizon, you know, the bald guy. <laughs> um, right? <laughs> maybe another one. But, but yeah, Resnick, you know, you think of, like, maybe like him as, like, a cop, maybe cop on the edge. He's got a kind of a brooding um, <laughs> yeah. thing, you know. He's got the maybe spiky he's, hair. That helps. Right, exactly, <laughs> yeah. exactly. And, and I don't know if you necessarily need to go with the guy liner at that point. You know, we could probably <laughs> – you know, maybe take that out, but, but I think, you know, yeah, right. So, um, but, but yeah, in, in honor of Rocktober, the, the bringing back Rocktober, which we, we don't really do that kind of thing anymore. It seems to be like it, Halloween is either, or October's either the Halloween month or oh. it's the, let's not act like we're seeing Christmas stuff yeah. in the drugstore. <laughs> and they call it the spooky season now, like time for the spooky season, that goodwill. It's like, right. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah, then, not, yeah, I'm sorry. No, no. If they're not doing Rocktober, they're definitely not doing September. Right. Yeah. <laughs> which is what, uh, you know, certain radio stations would do. Would the PLR do that in Connecticut? I, probably. It's been a long time since I've listened to them, since they only play 10 songs on infinite repeat. Uh, I, just, <laughs> I just, it's not really much of a diverse uh, radio station anymore. I mean, we can we can just talk about stuff all day. I mean, we can talk about that guy who loved. We have a station called 104.1 in Connecticut. It's like this kind of rock station. You know, I'm getting at Brad this story. Yeah. Um, and this guy was at a restaurant telling his like girlfriend, "It's like I love 104.1. It's the best <laughs> station. I love all the rock songs." And it's like. And, but it, it was we just happened to overhear that conversation, yeah. which is kind of funny when you're there, I guess, to hear that. But the thing about 104.1 is yeah. um, that's the type of station that would play more Goo Goo Dolls or Vertical Horizon. They don't really play, you know, the more classic rock. And um, but thing, uh, from what I remember about what he looks like, Johnny Resnick, first off, his name has like several Z's and they would have to be taken out. <laughs> they need to streamline that name. Yeah. Um, but also he has like this sort of blonde hair that kind of hangs in his eyes. Right. So that would, you know, be good for a brooding cop on the edge. You could be like yeah. the crow. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because you think about the 90s, there was this sort of this trend of people using their real last names. Like remember like there's David Chokichi. There's like all kinds of people like that. <laughs> that you know, from Baywatch. Yeah, exactly. Like, like, remember in the '80s? It was like if you have a weird name, like oh, I don't know what Tom Cruise's real last name oh, is, but it's not Baywatcher. Yeah, yeah we know. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, like, like, and then in the '90s, it was like, oh no, it's okay to just use your real last name. And it's like nowadays, people really need to understand that you, you know, like even me, my last name Poirier, it's like it's a pain to spell. It's like I, you know, I probably should change it to something easy so that everybody can just like say it, make it easier. Wow. But you know. People yeah. aren't typing my last name, which helps. So, you know, I'm not famous. But but Johnny Resnick, yeah, it's like, you know, he, he didn't foresee what the future was going to be like and know that, like, he should have just been like Johnny Rock or something like that, you know? Johnny <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, like, I think hard, uh, it was Christina Aguilera that broke down those doors. I mean, I think if she's going to be amongst the pop people, like with Britney Spears and the rest, in the old days, she probably would have changed her name. But she yeah. just said, well, no, I'm, I'm sticking with my name. I call her ex-Tina. Uh, <laughs> well, don't we all? Uh, <laughs> think about Resnick, what do you spell it? So it's R-E-Z-X-2-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z
Um, I guess that adds to his character, but yeah, <laughs> but, but that is a good choice. And that's, it's, that does seem like an overlooked kind of opportunity. Maybe more like a vest or something. I'm picturing maybe a vest and that's like his outfit, kind of like the, yeah. the mentalist where Simon Baker wears the same clothes right. every single episode. It's yeah. like, and when he changes the clothes, like, who's that? Oh, it's the mentalist. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, well, that, yeah. No, it's, well, there should be a scene where he's just wearing a shirt with no vest, and they're like, "Who's that?" And then he puts on his vest, and then they go, "It's the mentalist." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or it's Resnick, or I got to think of a name. Maybe like, you know, uh, or it would be Johnny. I guess would be like, yeah, Johnny Stone or something like that. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I, and I was wondering too, like if you know, if it's too bad to like have him be like using lines from his songs like yeah you know it's uh, you know i've got no sympathy or something like that or you know whatever you know like i, I don't, but i i do kind of see like the bar i was i was telling ty i see the bar scenes where like he's playing guitar like kind of brooding like guitar to kind of blow off steam between cases and you know you've got the aging bartender guy that you know i, I don't know who would, would play. i think we, we mentioned keith david he sees, yeah. he's always a good bartender i think yeah that would be good in, in the older uh, times it might have been uh david carradine yes oh perfect yeah yeah, yeah exactly yeah he, he with his rabbit stew and yeah, exactly. That's what I'm picturing. That, that's what uh, Ronald Marchini tried. He didn't like it though. No, so it didn't like... look appetizing. <laughs> yeah. But into what he has like a, a relationship with the bartender, and they, uh, and you know, they uncover maybe some crimes that are going on. Yeah, maybe some corruption, some graft. So yeah. it's like... I forgot. That's right. The '90s syndicated TV show. The bartender often did get involved with helping. Like he wasn't there. The bartender in Highlander that like he had like a a bum leg or something. I can't. Oh no, that was, that was the watcher. That's right. He was the watcher. That's uh, that, that right. Was the watcher. He was like that kind of old professor guy of a beard. I watched right. it last year. It took took a long time to finish, but it was <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think yeah. the watcher guy is in Highlander Endgame. See, I haven't watched that yeah. in ages, so I have to rewatch the movie to see the the watcher guy. It's like, oh, hey, look, it's the Watcher. Mm-hmm. So, he played like blues guitar. Yeah, I think he did. <laughs> See, that makes sense. Yeah, you know, because um, the Watcher is with Corey Haim is about like super intelligent dogs, right? And then the Watchers oh. of Keanu Reeves, his oh. best work. <laughs> Where he dances to Rob Zombie. Rob Zombie. Right. Yeah. So it all comes full circle. Yeah. Whoa, <laughs> Whoa, I love Rob Zombie. Whoa. <laughs> Perfect for Rocktober, right? That yeah, Rob Rocktober. Zombie. Whoa. <laughs> He dances to Rob Zombie twice in the movie because the scene where he's dancing to Rob Zombie opens the movie and closes the movie. So you (laughs) get two scenes of uh, Keanu dancing to Rob Zombie. (laughs) That's how you start and end the movie. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, for for sure. Especially with someone like Keanu Reeves, I think that's yeah. Whoa! (laughs) You want to hook in your viewers? (laughs) Hook me in. All right, so Ty, you oh. also have a musical personality. Oh, yeah, before I do mention that, do we have, I could have probably think of a title for this uh, Johnny Resnick action movie. Oh, okay. Uh, um, I, hmm. Yeah. Dolls of Death. <laughs> <laughs> Dolls of Death? Yeah, it could be like a giallo. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Slide. You yeah. can just go with slide. Nobody would know what oh, that slide. is. Right, it'd just it's, be like, yeah. Is Mini Driver in that music video? <laughs> oh no! It's somebody who looks like her. I think it also oh. I think somebody who looks like Janine Garofalo too. Like, oh yeah, okay. I can remember because back in the day, that could have been that could have been, uh, that could have been many, but I'm not sure. Yeah. <laughs> oh, she might be an. You might be right. She might be an Irish. I think because I think it's like they use this distortion effect on the the the, the um the video. 
Okay, uh, like, like Johnny that, Mathis yeah. singing to her or something like that. And so, yeah, I think it's like sometimes the distortion makes her look like Janine Garofalo, sometimes Minnie <laughs> Driver, but it's, yeah. it's none of the above, I think. Oh, okay. If I can yeah. remember, maybe I'll look it up. Yeah. So. <laughs> but, uh, okay, so uh, we have an action star, which is <laughs> Dolly Parton. Nice. <laughs> okay, she's already an actress. She's been in movies. Yes. Um, so it wouldn't be a total leap. And, um, no, it's very serious. It's like... <laughs> A dark, serious pardon. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And it'll be, it'll be like rhinestone, but serious, because you already have Stallone. Yeah. So it'll be the same basic plot as rhinestone, except yeah. maybe there would be more like gangsters trying to kill yeah. them or something. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That was my idea. <laughs> I mean, I remake of rhinestone. She- I was going to say, the way she deals with Dabney Coleman in 9 to 5, I feel like that's already there's some action elements in there where you're like, okay, yeah, she could really take care of business. <laughs> that's a good point. And um, you know she has the ability. It's, I'm imagining her instead of her trademark blonde hair, maybe with dark hair. Yeah. And she you has know? a jacket, a bomb jacket. Oh, yeah, or like or a leather jacket. Yeah, a yeah. leather jacket, yeah. Um, so she'd be like... um. Lu, uh, Ruger, or that Sybil oh. Danning, L.A. Yes. Bounty, L.A. Bounty. That's what I'm picturing again. So you saw that one, right, Matt? Oh yeah, yeah. No, that that's a good that's a good comp there. I think that yeah. could that could really work. Because that yeah. was a classic yeah. Wings Hauser movie. Right. Yeah. You're Danning the ultimate fan. Yeah. Oh yes. <laughs> I'm sorry. What's that, Brad? Cut you off. Oh, no, I was just saying it's a great combination of Wings Hauser oh. and Sybil Danning. Yeah. Yeah, because I, I know you're you're one of the biggest Wingshauser fans we know. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can't get enough wings. I think it just it, 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 it there's never enough. There's never enough wings. And, but that one was a great one. I think with, with Sybil Danning, that, that the two of them. Um, I don't. I think I think I've reviewed that one. I must have. I must have. Well, because yeah. I remember back in the you know early days of our websites, like you read all these Wings movies. Like, wait, we got to be like you. So, <laughs> But see, Wings Hauser should be in a movie with Treat Williams if he has it, because they could be Treat and Wings, Wings and Treat. You know, there's something that could be done with that. I could totally see that. Could, that'd be awesome. It'd be wow, that's a good idea. We could do a Wings I, podcast, by the way. So. I know that's, <laughs> that's true. We yeah, we haven't really done Wings. I mean, I realized too, like I don't like no like you know, like Buffalo Wing Company, like like Buffalo Wild <laughs> none of those companies have actually, like, approached him about <laughs> doing ads for them. Wouldn't he, I mean, not just it's the fact perfect. that his name, yeah, um, he's got the name, but also, like, the mentality of, like, just kind of like this American <laughs> Buffalo Wings kind of guy. Yeah, I can see him eating some wings, no problem. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Buffalo Wild Wings. Can't have wings. That, that could be the tagline, you know. Can't get enough wings. Can't get enough. Oh, cut you off again, bro. Oh, I said you can never get enough wings. That, that would be the tagline. <laughs> And then he has a wink. It's like <laughs> you can see him like kind of crash into like a place too. Like you just like kind of go in and start slapping people on the back really hard, and you know, you know, I need a whiskey and a beer back kind of thing. And you know, like like you know, it's like yeah, get these wings over. You know, like then people are yeah. like, hey, you know, like people are almost like afraid of him. You know, like he's so crazy. Like you know, and um, kind of kind of like that energy that he had with the lovemaking scene with uh, Kathleen Kinmont and Art of Dying, right? With the, the milk and everything everywhere. It's sort of like that kind of craziness happening. <laughs> well, what? if you're the Ultimate Wings fan and you do a Wings podcast, maybe you could invite us and we could talk about it. Wings, there's a lot of material to mine with Wings, I think. He's, mm-hmm. you know, for for that 
period of time that we think of as the best, you know, like that mid mid to late 80s into like the, the you know, early to mid 90s. Wings was one of the biggest ones at that time. He's he's oh, yeah, he's the king. Yeah. So it, it there's so much material there for sure. And I think he's someone that if people yeah, haven't really figured out how great he is, it's like, oh man, get you know, there there's so much out there. Well the, the, the thing I want to mention about Dolly is I might have a title, which oh, okay. is you know, like Bronson ten to midnight, it would be nine to five again. So maybe nine, nine to, to six to midnight yeah. to midnight yeah nine to five to midnight right yeah. that makes sense i think yeah. five to nine right she works at night she's like yeah 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 there you go perfect that's perfect that no need to even expand on that five to nine <laughs> yeah she's working a night shift and she's walking home and you know she's taking out the trash so it's yeah. a death wish kind of thing yeah. i guess she's down these dark alleys which i never see these alleys but i guess they're you know they're not around here they're all in New York. They're in New York only, right? Yeah. Well, that's when no, no, no place else has alleys. That's good. Well, didn't we say that C. Everett Coop killed people in a dark alley? <laughs> what? No, no. In our, I, for, I should have been an action star. C. Everett oh. Coop, Dolly Parton, they're always in these alleys that we think of. Right. Oh, well, the C. Everett Coop, I, I, that, you threw me with that one because yeah. I thought maybe in real life. No, I um, wish. Well, we don't know. Right. Uh, he doesn't seem like one to mess with. I remember seeing him on an Ali G episode on, on HBO when you know, Ali G was, you know, Sasha Cohen was, was interviewing him and was like coming up with all kinds of crazy stuff. And C. Everett Coop wanted none of it. He was just like, you know, didn't think any of it was funny. He wasn't, you know, he wasn't there to joke around. Like I could see that, like being kind of no nonsense and taking care of it. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Um, but all right. So I feel like we have some good action stars, so maybe we can move on to meatheads. Yeah. Meet the meatheads. <laughs> yes. And now we didn't rank our meatheads. We just kind of came up with a bunch of names, and you know, I don't know if you did the same, but we could um, throw out some names. Yeah. yeah. I, so I came up with five. I kind of, I okay. kind of did rank them, but it might be that my my ones, you know, are, are ones that you have, or you know, I, I, I who knows? We'll see. Yeah, because we have some. Yeah, I was saying we have some uh, some meatheads you might know, maybe some meatheads you might not know. Well, before we talk talk about the meatheads, we should explain what is a meathead. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, it's a, it's a subjective definition that we yeah. kind of came up with. I mean, our one man's meathead might be another man's lightweight. Uh, <laughs> you know, as the old saying goes. So <laughs> that's in the Bible, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, so, but generally speaking, a meathead is someone who. It's very bulked up, you know, their body is bulked up, possibly through steroids, possibly not, but they have a very bulky sort of body. Um, maybe they have long hair. Maybe they have sort of a quote unquote dumb expression on their face. Maybe they have a larger than average head. Um, maybe they, they don't speak too well, but they get the job done. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Yes. I, I love that good... explanation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if anyone wants to add anything to that, feel free. No, but no. I, I loved it. Yeah, okay. I, I think they were a, a, a very big. You know, we were talking about like kind of the the golden era of action, and it just fe it felt like so many filmmakers in like the the eighties and nineties when it came, especially to action films, but also like horror films, things like that. They, it felt like they just they, they they always needed to have at least one meathead in a movie to <laughs> round it out. <laughs> yes. Uh, well, I agree with that. And also the one thing I would say before we get started is this is not meant to be insulting. 
No. No. So <laughs> someone might say, oh, you're a meathead. That's an insult. No, it's just a description. It's a like, neutral description. It's it's not negative. It's just no. a description. It's a part. It's just having some fun. Having some fun right. with the meatheads. Right. It's the part they're playing, I think, yeah. too. I think it's, you know, like like PM Entertainment, for example, I think cause a lot of my meatheads are, are PM Entertainment <laughs> stable actors. I think, you know, if you get known, you know, if they kind of see you as a good meathead, they're just going to keep using it. And, you know, and I think also for some actors, it, it's a good niche to find yourself into. You know, like, hey, I, I was a meathead in this movie. You can be a meathead now. And they might not be a meathead at all in real life, but they, you know, they keep playing that character. Right, that's, that's an overlooked part of being a meathead. It, it, people think that's who you are, but maybe you're just a good actor. Right, exactly. You start from the bottom as meathead number two, and then you go to meathead number one. It's like, all right. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Or meathead number five. It's like, well, it, it depends how many meatheads are in your movie, but but a lot of meatheads can be found in these punch fighting movies. Yes. You know, it's sort of almost lower down as sort of like the boxcar Joe's. You know, you got to fight the meatheads, but then there might be a big meathead that you have to fight at the end. We have a good we have a good example of that. We'll mention it later. I think you know what I'm talking about, Brett. Yeah. Uh, I'm looking at our list four. and I, I think we have some. You want to start with Matt's? Uh, yes. Let's. List? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So, so my first on my list, my number five, I guess, you know, mine. I went outside the box a little bit, kind of just going a little bit off of your your definition a little bit, and I went with Marcus Aurelius, who, um, uh, oh. you know, I, I, his his movies, especially his PM flicks. Um, I mean, I remember him Ring of Fire three as with, with Michael J. White robbing the 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 mob bosses, and he was very meatheadish there. Um, full full contact, I think, is probably like the the most um meatheadish one which it, it the movie itself made no sense um you know jerry trimble as the young kid going out to la to learn how to fight to avenge his brother or something it was like a it was a remake of Bloodsport. but you know marcus Aurelius as the um as as the sensei was just kind of this like lumbering like overweight guy who just kind of sat in a in a in a, in a uh a recliner you know a, a chair and just kind of told you know jerry trimble what to do um and then also i think it was um dragon fire um which yes. i guess he, he, yeah he was he was uncredited that was a, a dean kane flick but his death scene in that was just kind of like oh like it is kind of like you know <laughs> and so i i i kind of felt like a, he was kind of my outside the box meathead where it was like you don't he's not exactly like your your, your prototype meathead but when you watch the movies he's in i mean looking at like ring of fire 3 when he's you know, they steal the disc and then they get he gets caught by the mob guys and he's just kind of like, oh, don't, don't, don't kill me, don't, you know. And it's just like, like he, I don't, he played that part so well. Now, would you just mentioned Jerry Trimble? Would you classify Jerry Trimble as a meathead? Uh, you know, if it wasn't for like Live by the Fist and those those you know Corman serial stranglehold, uh, stranglehold, yeah, it's like there was that there was like a a very like fast like streamlined i guess maybe i don't know what the, the you know like just sort of this like kind of high octane action that he did in those it was kind of reminiscent of like a scott atkins today or somebody like that in, in those ones that i think you you wouldn't you know like from when a meathead i always think of the meathead as like throwing people around and stuff right <laughs> yeah yeah i have a good example lumbering. right yeah. lumbering yeah yeah I do think now that he's a little bit older, though, that maybe, you know, because he doesn't have the ability to do that kind of high octane stuff, that he's maybe found himself a meathead niche in some of the more modern action films. <laughs> All right, well, that's good, at least, you know, better late than never. We mentioned uh, that in uh, The Butcher, Jerry Trimble actually basically stole the movie. He was really, really good in that movie, yeah. yeah. So he stole um, from Eric Roberts, which is hard to do. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
Now, I have a name that there's a really good chance this is on your list, but because it's in no order, I guess it doesn't really matter. But Malibu, Deron McBee. Yes. He's one of the quintessential meatheads of the 90s, I think. (laughs) And in the description, we didn't mention the hair. He even has meatheadish hair. It's sort of like long blonde hair. Um, You know, I don't want to say it's feminine, but it does. It is long and blonde, and it kind of fit into his. I guess you'd say uh, American Gladiators image because yeah. he was on American Gladiators. Or... He was Turbo, right? Was no, Malibu. he was Malibu. Oh, he was Malibu. What am I thinking? Who's Turbo? <laughs> Turbo is someone else. I mean. He was Malibu. I'm thinking of some. There's Turbo and like Jetstream. I don't know. Yeah, Nitro. <laughs> Nitro. Yeah, Nitro. Because you know Malibu. Been... Once you have a good name on American Gladiators, you might as well keep it throughout your acting career. Right? That's a good point. Yes. You know, he he was extra meat heady, uh, Mister <laughs> Mister Malibu. In a Mortal Kombat. Remember, he wore like a cummerbund and a tuxedo. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Sometimes when the meatheads are sort of dressed in these more formal outfits, it really brings out their meatheadiness because it's so odd to see. Yes, it's like it's kind of this awkward, like, you know, like Chris Farley, fat guy in a little coat kind yeah. of like flexibility. Right. Yeah. <laughs> because if you're if you've got a lot of bulk, you know, typically they don't make clothes off the rack to fit you. You have to kind of squeeze into whatever's available. Right. Big, tall Malibu, you know? <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. My, my favorite Malibu, Malibu meathead moment actually came in um, in skyscraper. <laughs> with, um, yes, with, um, oh, yeah. Was, so they had that, that villain who was kind of like a wannabe Roland gift who would like just spout out like, you know, Shakespeare lines or something like that. And, oh, I hated that guy. Right, exactly. There's a, there's a scene where he's like kind of, ra- you know, rattling off this huge thing. And Malibu is just standing next to him with just this kind of like dazed look on his face, just kind of like looking off in another direction. I think he's waiting for his line, I guess, or he's waiting to respond to something. And he's just off in thought or something. And it was like the perfect meathead moment where it's just like, does he even need to be in this scene? Like, why? And he, he's probably even thinking that, like, why do I need to be in this scene? And, you know, <laughs> sitting there looking off some other direction. Well, but yes, if you you could even have a meatheady facial expression, you know, like, huh? Yeah. But well, um, he, he did another yeah. meathead moment, right? Oh, I don't want to cut you off. Um, no, no. What's the meathead moment? It's from Skyscraper again, where he, oh. he has a machine gun, Mr. Malibu. And then he's just shooting at the Duff, uh, Duff, Bud Drive <laughs> truck. <laughs> like, yes. It's like, and he's wearing that, what, like a leather jacket or was it or a vest? Right, yeah. Uh, wearing a vest and no shirt or a leather jacket and no shirt is definitely high meathead fashion. It's very Lamas of him. <laughs> so like, well, you make a great point that we didn't even consider, right, is that maybe – because of the whole cummerbund thing before, like maybe they had, all, they were going to have him wear the whole suit and they were just like, man, this doesn't look good with the whole suit. They're like, let's take the shirt and the coat away and just do the vest and pants. And, and that'll work well, with the Uzi. Whoever came up with that idea should have gotten some sort of award. Cause that's, <laughs> cause that's Talk about out of, out of the box thinking. Right. At PM, the award is you get to direct the next movie. So that was oh, exactly. a Malibu directed movie. Can you imagine? <laughs> well, we got a Malibu starred movie. You know, not every meathead starred in their own movie, but he did get the Killing Zone game. Killing Zone. Zone. Killing Zone. So, yeah. so that was good that he moved up the meathead ranks to the point where he was actually starring in the movie. Not everyone got that. No. Good point. That, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, who's your next meathead? So I had um, – I, for my, my number four – now, no, just to – Clarify. So uh, Malibu would be my number two on my list. Of okay. Oh, okay. So, 
So that's how good he, he had to be on your list. list. Yeah, yeah, so he was a real big one. But um, my number four was Vince Murdaco. Um, so oh. I don't know if you guys had him at all on your list. No, we don't. He's not on our list. Well, you have the Meathead list, right? I've got it in front of me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I just, I mean, especially the Ring of Fire series where he's like, kind of like, he, he does a classic meathead turn, right? Where it's like, the meathead <laughs> is bad, and then the meathead becomes good, right? I mean, how many movies have you seen where the meathead is converted? You know, where it's like, the meathead's <laughs> giving the hero a hard time, and then suddenly he shows up at the end and he's helping the hero. Um, and and Murdako, I thought, did that well. I, I, Murdako is definitely one that I feel like it, it's like, when you look at his acting career, it's, it's, it's almost like he, you know, PM just you know, really honed in on him being a potential meathead and they just kind of ran with that as much as they could. Um, he's definitely one of the ones when we talk about like not, wa- you know, not wanting to offend anybody. Like, you know, I'm sure Vince Murdaco is not a meathead in real life, but it just seemed like they, they ran with that in a lot of those movies. Well, what's interesting, there's a couple interesting things about what you just said. One is, you know, with the, the meathead turnaround where you think a meathead is one way, but they're really not. That's kind of, that's interesting that the filmmakers would play on our assumptions as viewers, you know, we, we have certain assumptions and then when they turn around and say, hey, these meatheads aren't what you think they are, that's always a nice moment. Yeah. And the other thing I wanted to say is um, in L.A. Wars, the movie, the Vince Murdaco star starring movie, that's probably his least meatheady performance. Like in that, he's really not that much of a meathead. He's no. definitely too live and limber, you know. Um, so in, and it's a great Blu-ray that people should get on Vinegar Syndrome, by the way. Um, you could, and there's an interview with Murdako on there. It's an audio interview, and um, so you you get more into that. And also, there's other good extras for people that are fans of this. Uh, so I definitely recommend it. But um, yeah, so it's kind of like he's not even a meathead in L.A. Wars. But so that's kind of interesting. He had a range of meathead range. <laughs> well, it shows I think with PM where PM had this really great stable of actors at that time. You know where like. You've got Don the Dragon, you know, Gary Daniels is starting to come up and be big. Um, you know, Wings and Lorenzo Lamas were still kind of doing movies with them, but they were, you know, as the 90s were going on, they they stopped a little bit, especially when Lamas went to, to Renegade. But it was like, you kind of feel like like Murdako probably, you know, had they not added these other big names in the 90s, he may have had more, um, he may, may, may have had fewer of these like sort of supporting meathead roles and more of the, the starring roles where he got to really shine and not be a meathead so much. And so it's almost like for him to survive with PM, he had to become a meathead in, in these movies. Yeah, no, that's a very good point. Yeah, it's a very, very good point. Very interesting. Um, I love this. Right, so, could, oh, oh, no, go ahead. Oh, no, no, I was just going to move on to the next meathead. If you have something to say, go for it. Uh, yes, you know, if, it's a good point about if there was no Down the Dragon, it would say Vince Murdaco, Ring of Fire 4. You know? right. Yeah, <laughs> that's probably what would have happened. Should, yeah. You know, the history have gone a different way. Mm. Uh, which is always fun to think about. But the next one I was going to say is Sven Ol Thorsen. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. <laughs> I mean, you know, you know, he's uh, a compadre and associate of Schwarzenegger. So obviously there's going to be a meathead component there. Um, it, it was in a lot of DTV movies. And um, I think he definitely fits the, cate- uh, fits the category. Well, of course, his what, biggest role really would be uh, Abraxas. So. Um, yeah, probably. Or um, yeah. was he in Viking Sagas? He was, yes. Yeah, and that makes sense. Well, no, his biggest role is in Conan the Barbarian. Oh, right. Which we watched or rewatched recently, and he has a nice role in that. Um, what's it? A Fatal Combat, right? With, oh, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
when Kyle, yeah, not he, a very good movie, but he is in it as a meathead. He definitely is. And he, he definitely plays the main villain in it. So. Yeah, you can definitely have a mean expression on his face. But if he wanted to do the meathead turnaround, he could. I feel like he has it in him to be one of, like a nicer meathead. Yeah, I, that's a good point because I don't know if they've ever done the conversion with him, have they? Like he's, he's not that I can think of. Yeah, no, no. which is too bad because you're right. I I feel like there's some movie that I remember him where he had like a like a straw hat or something where they did do the conversion <laughs> with him. I can't, I can't remember it where or maybe he wasn't even bad. He was just always a good meathead in that one. Um, but I feel like he, he like had like a Hawaiian shirt and a straw hat or something, and it was like. Um, I, I can't I, now. I can't think of what movie it was. Though. See, that's almost going down a meathead that we're going to talk about later. I'm sure, which is Matthias Hughes. Yeah. You know, he, he does the you know the Hawaiian shirt and straw hat thing pretty well. Yeah. <laughs> he wears a a great hat in Ultimate Justice. Yes, yes. One of the greatest scenes <laughs> in movie history. <laughs> um, all right, so that was uh, ours for. You know, whatever ranking that is, which yeah. we're not even doing a ranking, but that was yeah. our latest meathead. So, what's your next meathead? Yeah, and I'm thinking, I'm beginning to think maybe I should probably not not rank as well because now I'm, I'm thinking of other names too that I could have add, added to somebody. So maybe we'll kind of just go well, for it. If you want to throw out some more, yeah, we have we have a lot on this list. So what we'll probably yeah. do is a bunch of runners up. Okay, that sounds good. Well, so I had Ian Jacklin. Um, oh, that's uh, a great. That's a great. Not uh, on our list again. Not on oh, our we, list. We forgot Ian Jacklin. Oh my goodness, because Deathmatch. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Deathmatch, I thought, with him. Um, Ring of Fire 2, right, I think was um, – I mean, a lot of PM flicks where he um, – where he, he, you know, he, he – you know, um, a lot of PM flicks where he was the meathead baddie. Um, and I think he was supposed to be more menacing than, than meathead. But, it, like, kind of the line delivery, I think, just, you know, it, it, it lent itself more to meathead. <laughs> yeah, uh, than, I know what you're saying. You could almost have, almost like Murdako, he could almost lean the other ways to be more just like a martial arts fighter type. Right. But there's yeah, certain delivery in certain aspects that might lead him in the other direction. Because he's the hero in Deathmatch. And right. Matthias Hughes is the villain. Mark Vanek. Yeah, if so, you go right. to his page, that's the one he talks about. His, his IMDb page, mm-hmm. that's the one that he is the most proud of because he got to be a hero. He actually even says it. He even says on his IMDb page that he's um, mostly pop. Right. He started playing bad guys but turned good later. That's what he, he puts in his IMDb bio. So he, he knows the turnaround. Not right. interesting. Exactly. <laughs> so he's, yeah. Um, I just, you know, it, 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 part and parcel, I think he he was more menacing meathead than, than Murdako, I think, but it, it still had that quality to it, where it, almost like you, you could kind of see with Jacqueline, like when you think of like the Karate Kid movies, he would have been in Cobra Kai as like not, you know, William Zabka, but, you know, like he would have been still like, like hanging around and being a bully and stuff with Zabka and maybe not had like a full, like, you know, three-dimensional part. It would have just been a one note that he just kind of maybe... Yeah, I know what you're saying. Yeah. 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 You know, knock the kids' uh, tray of food over in the in the lunch line <laughs> yeah. and be like, "Oh, look at that man!" You know, like that. That's kind of right. Jan Roberts. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. Ted Jan Roberts would have had. Yeah, you know, it would have been an interesting fight between Ted Jan Roberts and him. Um, in, right. In, right. Yeah. Dangerous place uh, too. You can, you can get Dick Van Patten back as principal. Yeah, well, they might be looking at Corey Feldman. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I think. Uh, uh, another, oh, sorry. Oh, go ahead. No, sorry. Well, I'm just gonna move on to the next meathead, which. Uh, oh, okay. Oh, unless you have more to say about Jacqueline. I, I do. Which he was oh. he was in a starring movie, starring role movie called Expert Weapon. It's not a very good movie. Uh, but I called it Ew. 
for short. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's true. He was the main star in that. Yeah, right? very kind of junky, and Sam Jones is in it for like two seconds. Mm-hmm. But it's like, I mean, if you want to watch it for a laugh, that's perfect. But the <laughs> yeah. death match is probably Ian Jacqueline's best movie. That's when he hangs his hat on, I think. Yeah. You know, I don't think he wants to be known for Ring of Fire 2 or yeah. you know, American Street Fighter, some of the other ones where he was like kind of the meathead baddie. Yeah. Um, you know, he's trying to rewrite history in that sense. He wants he wants <laughs> to be known. He wants he doesn't want to be known for being the meathead baddie. He wants to be known as being the, the martial arts expert good guy. Um, and I think he's another one that like PM didn't know what to do with him. They didn't have a, they had too many of these guys. I think they, had, you know, um, you know, at least like Art Camacho was really smart because he went behind the camera and did a lot of stuff so that, you know, they didn't have to worry about finding roles for him. But I think Murdako, Jacqueline, those were some guys that got squeezed out a little bit when they started bringing on names like, uh, you know, I mean, you, you know, also think of like C. Thomas Howell, people like that that came on to, to PM later on. It was just kind of like, you know, you, you do the sweeper with C. C. Thomas Howell, you're going to do it with Ian Jacqueline. Well, you know, Jacqueline might fight better, but C. Thomas yeah. Howell has a better screen presence. And I, I think, right, yeah, right. you know, had to be a meathead to survive. And he was that great, uh, was that House of Pain hat, right. just in Thomas Hall and the sweeper. Right, exactly. Jacqueline couldn't pull that off. No. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> um, so so here, here for our next one is, I guess it would be considered a double, which would be the Barbarian Brothers. Oh, wow. So it's a prime meatheads, prime cut meatheads. Yes, it really is. You get two, two meatheads yeah. for the price of one. Yes. Um, I, I forgot to have them on my list, so this is fantastic. <laughs> Um, you know, they they definitely fit the category. They're very meaty. Um, and they were in video stores a lot in the kind of starting in the late eighties, but pretty much all throughout the nineties. Um, of course the barbarians, their Ruggiero Diodato movie. Um, but I think they kind of, he kind of introduced, uh, them to the world. Um, but then they were in other movies such as, well, was it double trouble? Yeah. Double trouble and twin sitters and think big. So. Now, Think Big is the one that's rated R. No, oh, Double Trouble is rated R. Because oh. <laughs> the other ones are more like family, but that one's yeah. like, a, I guess it's still a comedy, but it's an R-rated comedy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Finally got my copy back so it's like, of Double Trouble. So. Well, that's good for you. Thanks. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Um, but uh, yeah so I mean that's I don't know if there's much more to say I mean they, I, I believe they're also natural born killers right yeah. yeah they're in like a deleted scene or something <laughs> yeah yeah. I, my favorite Barbarian Brothers yeah. moment meathead moment for me was mm-hmm. um, in DC Cab where they were oh, oh, right. yeah I remember them with the, with yeah. Mr. T and there's that scene where they're supposed to be like breaking in to save the um the guy who's been kidnapped they're, they they think they know where the house is so they actually smash through the walls and it's just like an elderly couple, I think, that are just like sitting there watching TV. And here come the Barbarian Brothers and, and Mr. T just smashing through the walls <laughs> and then realizing like, oh, I'm sorry. It's not your really, not really your house. And, um, I, and the idea that the Barbarian Brothers and Mr. T were together is pretty outstanding in itself. Yeah. Yeah, that's – for me with the bar, – I, I, Double Trouble, of course, is a great one. I, I, I think I actually have that on VHS. I don't have a huge VHS collection, but I think that's one that I have as well. Um, <laughs> nice. But yeah, them in DC Cab, I just, I mean, that movie itself is just like the the, the, the amount of star power in that movie. Um, but the Barbarian Brothers, I, they, they always stand out for me. As, 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 that's one of my favorite meathead roles for them. <laughs> yeah, and I, I can't agree more. <laughs> so unless we, there's more to say about the Barbarian Brothers, uh, Matt, what is your next entry? 
so I had I had Malibu, but you know I think maybe what I'm going to okay. do is I'm going to yeah. go with my. What, he was originally my number one, but actually now that we've been talking about it some. I think I might push him back to two, but I have okay. Story. Um, oh yeah, Rose and Fable. How could he not be? Yeah. yeah. I just, you know, I, I've been, I, you know, he had me at that American Kickboxer too. I think that was the first time I ever saw him, and and it was just like the the line delivery, yeah, uh, you know, <laughs> all of the stuff that's going on in that movie, and I was just like, I have to see every Evan Lurie movie that there <laughs> is after that, and I mean, Hologram Man, Don't Call Me Norman, um, yeah. you know, oh. Guns and Lipstick, he's, you know, Jer- he's, he's he's you know wearing a, a fanny pack at one point in that one, um, yeah, what, what Martial was the, Law too. Undercover, he's really meat heady in that. Right, yes, yes. Like, yeah, that one. He also did Tiger Claws too as Victor. He was also meat yeah, meat headish. I mean, it was and, like, yeah, that and he was really another meat. He was like the meat head villain in Operation Cobra, Don right. the Dragon. <laughs> That's oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Operation Cobra, where I think the screenshot that I got of that is him. There was a snake that he's like trying to like keep from biting him. <laughs> And the, the meathead look on his face that's like a combination of like fear and um you know like like doesn't know enough to care <laughs> kind of look where he's like holding it and he's like making that face. Um I think that's probably one of my favorite Evan Lurie meathead moments. I think it's either that or don't call me Norman from uh, Holocaust Man. Why well, Slash Gallagher he is an excellent villain who is more than worthy of being the main baddie in in, in the movie. Yeah, I mean, he's not just some meathead in the background. He has no. genuine charisma and the ability to—I don't want to say hold, you know, hold up the movie, but definitely um, is a very strong baddie in that. Very strong. Yeah, it's almost like when we're talking about some of these other meatheads, like Vince Murdaco and, and Ian Jacklin, and them, where they they either want to do like the meathead turn, where they go from being a bad meathead to a good meathead, or they want to do movies where they they aren't even meatheads at all. It's like I mean, Evan Lurie wrote uh, and produced Hologram Man. And it's almost like he leaned into the meathead baddie, like he <laughs> wanted to be as much of a meathead baddie as he could in Hologram Man, which it makes it that much better, I think. Yeah, and it, and it shows that there's more to these meatheads than meets the eye. Because uh, um, because he can write and produce and do other things behind the camera, you know, right. not just be a hulking brute. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I he's probably one of my he's probably my favorite, I think, of all the, the ones we'll be talking about today. I think there's always going to be a soft spot in my heart for Evan Laurie, for sure. Oh, yeah. Same here. Yeah. <laughs> you you got to um, love him. Is that, I, was he wearing like a funny vest in uh, Operation <laughs> Cobra? Like oh, yes. Of, like, oh yes! Oh yes! Oh, like absolutely! Yeah. Or something like that. Yeah, it's the, the whole thing was amazing. That the whole look and everything in that movie was just ridiculous. Um, yeah, that, that 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 I think that that I think I picked that one up specifically for him and Don the Dragon. And um, yeah, it's the 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 whole thing. If you it's, the problem with my site right now is that um, Photo Bucket has like got a watermark on all the uh, the images, mm. but. Um, the the image of that is just the best of just Evan Laurie just like you know, like trying to keep the the cobra from biting him. I'm gonna look that up. I don't, I don't, uh, I'm like, I don't. I know there's a watermark, but I guess I could probably power through it. Yeah. If you click on it, if you click <laughs> so, on the button, it will um. Yeah. If you click on it, it will bring you to the image page where it's actually the the nice ones. Yeah, it is like it's not even a vet. It's like a um. Actually, looking at it, it's not even a vest. It's like a pattern mm-hmm. on the shirt. Oh no, it is a vest because there's no sleeves. So okay. It's like a sleeveless shirt. <laughs> wow, would you like this- that there would be? Yeah. yeah, it's got like a tapestry pattern, like 
uh, uh, <laughs> two two like stripes almost like these big like patterns that go across like a blue shirt um it's like this I yellow remember, pattern that looks like a, a quilt or something yeah i remember that because i watched it i bought the movie last <laughs> year finally and then and I remember that outfit, like, wow. wow. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and looking at his face, he actually, it's not that he was trying to keep the snake from biting him. The snake bit him. That's what it is. And then he pulled the snake off him and realized what had happened. Um, and I think from the meathead standpoint, it takes a little time for it to register that you've been bitten yeah. by yeah. snakes. Yeah. yeah, slight delay, yeah. Um, <laughs> at least del- delayed meatheads, that's good. Right. Exactly. <laughs> delayed reaction. Um, now, I, I'm trying to think. I could maybe put these two together. Maybe I will, just see what happens with the discussion. Okay, but Because they start together in, I, I think, multiple movies, which is uh, Frank Zagarino and Joe Lara. Mm. Sure. That, is Zagarino, I think he's more of a meathead than a, than a Lara. So. But see, you know, Lara, well, that's true, but Lara has the hair, which is kind of misleading. Yeah. You know, makes you think he's more of a meathead than maybe that he really is. Well, he's definitely kind of meathead in American Cyborg Steel Warrior. Right. So, <laughs> I, yeah, and around, I feel like in, he had like almost like a bell curve to his career. Like there was a meatheady like part of his career, but then yeah. a less meatheady part. Well, like. Yeah, yeah so I agree. Armstrong, he's not that meatheady, right? No, no. I don't remember much about him in Armstrong. I know Zagarino is extra meathead in Armstrong. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that well, was he's like, meatheading pretty much everything from Striker on, you know? Yeah. That's a great point. He's like a top meathead, I'd say. So, <laughs> so, what's that uh, one? Oh, Project Eliminator. That's probably the. Uh, oh, yes. Very meatheady. Did you see that one, just, Matt? Just. I just I was saying to people if they would just just Google image search the VHS cover of that and you'll know exactly what we're talking about. I you know I don't know I I feel like I have oh, the, the, you're talking about Zag- Zagarino. Yeah Zagarino yeah. yeah. Let me um I'll, I'll pull him up on my site here and pull up okay. the the Zagarino tag and see because I I think it's possible. <laughs> I think you say Zagarino Tagarino which would have been exactly <laughs> Zagarino Tagarino that's that's great. <laughs> so let's see here yeah I. I it, it sounds familiar, but I don't know. Um, man, I mean, yeah, I'm just going through, like, as I'm paging through here, just seeing some really great Zagarino faces here. Yeah. <laughs> what a life. There many. So, I mean, yeah, you're, you're absolutely right about that. I, I didn't consider Zagarino for my, my, my meathead list, but it, it does make sense, especially when you get into, like, that that um, that 90s period where, you know, again, I think he's another one who got squeezed out a little bit by, by some of the bigger names that were coming to it. Um, and it, it's almost like, yeah, like they, like they didn't know what to do with Zagarino. And so it was like the, the, the roles that they gave him were, were really more just like spike up that blonde hair, you know. <laughs> give like us, Dolph. Right, exactly. That's <laughs> kind of what it was. So, no, I, did, I haven't done Project Eliminator yet. So, oh, that's okay. actually, oh, yeah, I need to see that. for a treat. Yeah, I would definitely try to move that up. I, I'm not where is that available? I mean, some maybe hopefully it's online, maybe uh, Amazon Prime or because it's only on VHS. Sure oh, there's a DVD, but it's expensive. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I'm sure you'll find it somehow. Yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll to move that up. I haven't done Zagarino, I think, since I've come back from hiatus. Um, oh, okay. A year ago, so it, he's well overdue. He could use some more more um, tags on the side. I don't know if I've done a Joe Lara either, actually. Now that you <laughs> mentioned him, either. So, yeah, they they both. You know, I could probably I could probably do for getting a cup them both on the site a little bit more. Did you see Airboss? Bring that to your attention, then so much the better. But did did no. you see Airboss, Matt? No, I need to see that. That one, I, I that one was on my radar. I think I saw it somewhere streaming. So, oh, I, okay. I, yeah, yeah, maybe I, I thought it's like. I know it's probably one of these like kind of these uh, 
Top Gun kind of ripoff slogs, but it's like that's what I heard. And there's like four sequels to it. Oh, of course really? there are. Um, who has seen but, uh, Airbus Four? Please write in today. I would love to. Yeah, are, are people watching these? Yeah, definitely write in if you've seen Airbus Four or anything <laughs> like Airbus Four. Or Airbus Three or Airbus Two. Airbus One. Just write to us. We're very lonely. Yeah. So just write to us no matter what you've seen. Um, if you've seen On Golden Pond, just write in, please. Happy to learn, yeah. yeah. Um, With a Henry Fonda? I think so. Yeah. Fonda. But, uh, in, okay, so yeah, that's kind of. Well, we'll save that one. Um, okay. Um, but. Um, Wait, so, I'm Deadly Pond. Yeah. <laughs> like he like um yeah. he like pops out from under the water while shooting yeah. machine guns. Yes. He, ah! Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He don't look like Henry Fonda to do that. <laughs> yeah, I mean Henry Fonda could be a tough guy. He was in um what was it uh, Once Upon a Time in the West or something? The oh West. yeah, I think he was a tough guy at one point in time. Right. So, yeah. He just do it, you know, when he was eighty five years old. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, it would be like Shadow of the Dragon. We're coming full circle. <laughs> um, but all right, so unless there's more to say about Lara and Zagarina, which there always could be, but yeah. just in the interest of moving things along, uh, Matt, what is your next meeting? So I've kind of exhausted my list, so I don't know if you want to kind of go for, for yours, because I don't want to give away some of yours, because um, I, I have some other names that I've thought about, but um, I thought it might be better to kind of yeah, see where they, they, they go on your well, list. Do you want okay. to be like the runner-up meathead, or do you just... What media do you have next? Bro? I think we have a couple more major meatheads, and we'll just do a bunch of runner runners right. up. Okay. Yeah. Um, so there's the aforementioned Matthias Hughes. Do we want to go more into Matthias Hughes, or should we just move on? Well, do you want to hang on to him, or just, we can just go right to it? We're already talking about him. So. Um, well, he's been – see, it's funny. He's almost like a, a meathead that pops up in the course of talking about other meatheads. He's almost like an ubiquitous meathead of the time. So it's almost <laughs> like we don't need to spend like time on him necessarily right now because he's always coming up. Um, That's a good point. He can even have his own episode maybe because he's always a great villain. Yes, yeah, so almost anyone on here could have their own episode. Actually, here's someone there has been an episode of, which is okay. Red Brown. Oh, right. So- so those two, it's interesting. Red Brown and Mat- Matthias Hughes were two that I was considering for my list, and I wasn't sure because there's was, there's was something about them that I wasn't sure, you know, like that, that, that almost like it was like for me, like for my personal like meathead, you know, like like my my, my meathead <laughs> definition. I almost felt like they were almost like too big, not like big like in stature, um, mm-hmm. but there was like something about them that was like almost like they they had like surged past meathead them. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't know. I'm kind of curious to see what you guys think of the of of them. Too big well, to meet. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, well, I mean, I do think Red Brown, obviously, there's a lot more going on with him than just your standard meathead. Um, he's been in lots of different interesting things, you know, uh, like um, Big Wednesday and uh, Your Hunter from the Future and other things um, that wouldn't just pigeonhole him as just your standard meathead. I think he's a little more intelligent, a little more well-spoken than maybe some of the other meatheads. So I do I do think there's a little bit more going on with him, but if you were to just look at him, just look up, look at a picture of him, you would be okay just as meathead. Yeah, because he, he, usually it's him yelling, right? Oh. So it's like, well, he said every director he worked with wanted him to do it, his trademark scream, and he couldn't, get, he couldn't get out of it, basically. You can't help but love it, though, because you just laugh. You just ha- well, you I can see why it. they wanted it, because it's, yeah. it's pretty great. Put the smile on your face. It really does. It it's does. like, okay, I want to hear that scream, and you just how can you not love it? But my favorite but, scream yeah. of his is um, in, in um, 
Oh, now uh, the name is escaping me. Uh, uh, Street Hunter, right? With um, oh, with yeah. Steve James, where he's like talking about like Benedict Arnold or something like that, and he's like <laughs> screaming at him about Saratoga, and he's like Saratoga, Saratoga, <laughs> you know. And Steve James is like, I, I, how do I fight this guy? Like this is ridiculous. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's a great question. Right. <laughs> well, but that that does kind of compare and contrast with Matthias Hughes because Matthias Hughes is more he's more sly. Yeah. You know what I mean? He always has sort of like a sly. I don't want to say a smirk. Like, like a sly smile on his face. He, it's almost like he knows what's kind of going on, but he's not really talking a lot. So, yeah, they're comparable, but I do think they have different approaches to life. You know, Red Brown is a little more vigorous and in your face, whereas the Matthias Hughes style of meatheading is more like like a Cheshire cat type of thing, you know? Well, because, you know, Matthias Hughes knows he's a meathead because he has that book, right? Shirtless in Hollywood. Right, that's right. So, right. So, right, so, so he's usually self-aware about that. He, he definitely is. So, yeah, so you're you right know, about that. One thing, too, about Red Brown that I didn't even consider when I was making my list that maybe I should have with him is that he actually got his start, I think, in Hollywood being a meathead. I mean, if, if you ever watch, like, Antenna TV or MeTV or something like that, and you'll see, like, old sitcoms, he, like, you know, like, you know, Three's Company episode where he's, like, throwing Jack Tripper around, you know, and uh, I think there's an Alice episode where he comes in and, like, kind of does meathead stuff there. So, like, he was kind of just known as this big hulking guy that, like, you know, generally his characters weren't considered, you know, like, they, they were, like, kind of like the dumb meathead type that would throw throw things around everybody was afraid of them like oh what are you you know this guy's too big you know we gotta get away from him you know jack tripper's like running away or whatever um it's i never even considered that that like yeah that's really kind of where he he started was the meathead thing and um and it it, it actually kind of fits more i guess now that now that you mention it well yeah and also he was in a a well-known episode of miami vice kind of doing the same thing um, but what's interesting about Red Brown is he seems almost more like a nice guy. Like he seems like a, a, the nice guy meathead. You know what I mean? It's like he, he doesn't seem like he would hurt you unless he absolutely had to. He almost seems like he's, he seems his face is almost kindly, you know. Because he doesn't usually play an evildoer, Mr. Mr. Only Red. Hunter. I think that's his only like yeah. bad guy role. Yeah, yeah. I can't. And, but kind of connected to that is um, Brian Bosworth, the Boz. <laughs> that's a good that's a good example because of course stone cold so well and also you know talking about these air boss type movies hasn't he been in a bunch of those like mock what's the mock movie called two. mock three no mock two. Oh. Yeah. Well, sorry there's, there's, no mock, there's no mock one this is mock two right <laughs> <laughs> so right into me if you've seen mock one because if you have, that's very impressive. I think it's yeah, that'd be great. A phantom movie like Surf Two, right? Right, yeah, Surf. Which I think the subtitles of that is the end of the trilogy or something like that. <laughs> Someone's goofing around over there. Someone's goofing Surf around, two. yeah. But Mach Two, yeah. So I mean, yeah, I has anyone seen Mach Two and Air Boss or some sort of double feature thereof? Oh, that probably would lose some brain cells for sure. <laughs> Good chance, yeah. Maybe yeah. I'll do it. <laughs> what, was that movie? what was that that movie that had like all of the brothers or the relatives of famous actors it was like you know like swayze stallone all that oh string yeah it'd be great if they made a movie like that but it was just the meathead so it was just like you know like oh. Hughes and and you know like like yeah like um you know bosworth and and laura exactly. and zagarino or whatever and it was just like just those last names on the cover and it was just like I don't even know what you'd call it. Like maybe, you know, like, 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 um, USDA choice or something like that. Like, (laughs) (laughs) well, it would be like the expendables, but even more meat heady. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That's perfect. Cause that sounds like an army ranger kind of (laughs) USD choice. 
and someone I got on the list, <laughs> you know, not to get off Boz necessarily, but someone um, that I know you're very familiar with, Matt, is uh, the 600 pound pork roast. Right. Yeah. So, did you have him on your list? He was my one of my honorable mentions. Is he? Did he make your your? your no, yeah, I, he's on the list. I don't have his name. I just amongst all the other names, I have 600 pound pork roast. That's yeah, what I wrote. Like, okay, it was, it was meant to have the Matt. Well, his name was like, uh, what was his name again? It's like. <laughs> Let me see if I can pull it. Because you know what's funny is Richard Haas, um, you know, DTV yeah. Digest, he had an old site called Have a Go Heroes. And yeah. He actually spotlighted the 300-pound pork roast. In um, <laughs> I remember that. I read, I read his description. I inflated his weight by 300 pounds. So, yeah, sorry about that. 300, 600 either way. And it's funny. It's actually a Red Brown movie that I came up with that concept of the pork roast from. was um, in, um when, when MST3K did Space Mutiny. And, you know, um, Red Brown goes off with the woman who is, it, it ends up being his wife in real life. And he's, like, carrying her off. Um, one of the bots made a joke, like, oh, they went off and, you know, she gave, you know, nine months later she gave birth to a 30-pound pork roast. And so then it was just like, <laughs> you know. And, and that's actually kind of like a, um, like, I guess like a, a cousin of the of the meathead for me is the pork roast, where it's like, that guy's like beefier, <laughs> right? Like, he's he's not as cut as a meathead. He's more like, you know, like everything's, there's more there's more beef going on there. And so I always think of that as the pork roast, as, as opposed to the, the meathead who's, you know, like, like, you know, like we're thinking about these guys who are much more cut, but they're still kind of, you know, beefy. Well, thank you for that uh, distinction. And I just yeah. want to say only on this <laughs> podcast, or maybe your podcast, will we get the thinly sliced, uh, no pun intended, differences between a meathead and a pork roast. You know, you know, I don't want, to, I don't want our listeners to confuse the two. No. They're very different. It's a nice distinct difference. Yes. Let's <laughs> a see distinction here. without a difference, you might say. Dan Anderson. Dan Anderson. Oh, the right. Dan Anderson. Yes, yes. The 300-pound pork roast. And it, <laughs> if you look at him on the, in the pictures of him, he is beefier. Like, like he's kind of – he's not as cut. And, um, you know, he, he's kind of very, you know, bearing in on that that double chin territory and um, not not to cast aspersions on anybody's weight. No, it's just no. it's where you draw that distinction for me, at least where I draw the distinction. You know, it was like, you know, you know, Malibu is probably like, what you know, two percent body fat. You know, he's not, you know, or, or Evan Laurie, you know, he's he's going to spend, you know, he's he's got his like CrossFit regimen or whatever that he does. And, you know, um, whereas these guys, they probably lift weights. Um, you know, it's it's kind of like the dice man as a bouncer or something kind of thing, you know, that, right. that's. Where I think so, of the pork. Yeah, so they lift weights and then Dan eats steaks. Right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's a bumper sticker saying that or something. But but that is true. It is sort of like a, a, a color gradient, you know, from like dark blue to light blue. You know, we have dark blue, you have like the Malibu with meatheads, and the, sort of the mid range we have uh I don't know, maybe like the Matthias Hughes. And then on the other side, we just have fat guys, you know, <laughs> you know, if you're just fat you know, but, or maybe surprisingly muscular, but it, it looks like you're fat, almost like a kingpin situation. Like kingpin. kingpin, they say he looks fat, but really he's, it's like all muscle. So right. almost like in Butterbean territory on the other side. Right. Mr. Yeah, Mr. Butterbean. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And there's just like kind of a meaty quality to their face as well. Whereas like the, the, the meathead is kind of a they're, – they're, they're more lantern jawed but also big. You know, they're kind of like, you know – whereas like the, the pork roast, it's just – you can tell. Like they've, they've definitely – yeah, like you said, they, they've enjoyed themselves some steaks for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I think we talked about butter being that <laughs> and it, To the point where yeah. they say you are what you eat, you know, maybe to the point where you're becoming a, a steak of some sort. Right, exactly. Um, <laughs> so – I do have some other names here. We're getting kind of into the somewhat more obscure territory, which maybe will provide, you know, some uh, some discussion here. But we have uh, David Shark Freilich. 
Mm. So, you know, if, you, if the top of the rung is Dolph and then the next rung down is uh, Frank Zagarino, he'd probably be third down. Yeah. Um, he's definitely in that blonde meathead category. Um well, yeah, he fought Mr. Zagarino <laughs> in uh, Project Eliminator. So, and he looked, they looked exactly the same. Yeah, I think we said in a review, it's like a Mortal Kombat mirror match. You don't really know who's who. <laughs> um, I'm saying only people. I'm calling them by their, you know, by their like surnames, like Mister and stuff. I'm like the New York Times. But <laughs> this is like these yeah. Sir Meatheads, like, yeah. <laughs> Sir Loin Meatheads. Yeah, yeah sirloin, sir yes. <laughs> They're a bunch of sirloins. Yeah. But, but kind of going along with that, we have uh, Niels Allen Stewart. He was Does one of my... That ring my bells? Yeah, he was one of my honorable mentions as well. Um, oh, okay, good. Yeah, he, yeah, I'm definitely in agree with you on that one. Um, now, we, he hasn't been in too many movies, but Jacko Jackson from Bullet Down Under. Uh, <laughs> That's a really ridiculous movie. That like Christopher Atkins and Jacko, right? Yeah, who was I guess Australian Australian rules football or rugby, and he's yeah. almost like the, the Australian version of Vinnie Jones. He kind of parlayed that into an acting career, and he's in an Energizer commercial from the eighties. Say yes, yeah. oi, right? He'd be like, oi, yes, yes. yes. I, okay, I know who <laughs> I'm you're talking about that. now. Yes. <laughs> um. Now we also have uh, Matt Hannon from the classic uh, Samurai Cop. Yeah, the funny thing about him is he definitely, when when they made the sec the sequel, he definitely pulled away from the meatheadness. Like he, he he, I think they were trying to make his character meatheady, and he it seemed like he wanted no part of it. Whereas like in the first one, he was you know grade A USDA cho- USDA <laughs> choice meathead in that one. <laughs> Yeah, it's a great, he has a great meat, he has a, life did a turnaround. Well, he has a great meat face, you know, because he's right. a, he, it's, it's, a lot of it is in the facial expression and the hair. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, the hair is the best because it's like, what, what was the situation like? They 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 found out they had to reshoot some scenes, and he had already cut his hair off at that point. Right. So, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So but, it, it just looks amazing. Um, now, in some of the Max Helge movies, we have uh, A. R. Helquist. Yeah, you got to check this guy out. Matt, you haven't seen A.R. Hellquist because he looks exactly like Kurt Russell. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> like but could be, could, but me headier, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, if you could imagine me headier Kurt Russell, that's pretty much him. Um, so I'll just, yeah. <laughs> it's a great name. I wish my name was A.R. Hellquist or Ty Hellquist. <laughs> so like, yeah, that would be cool. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, now I believe uh, earlier in the discussion someone talked about uh, Dragonfire and how about Dominic Labanco? Mm. I didn't even think of that. Yeah. Yeah, he was uh, <laughs> Dragonfire and Bloodfist 2050. It's basically the same movie. So <laughs> and a lot of those Corman movies follow that very same template. Maybe a little bit of difference would help, but I guess not. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's interesting you mentioned because Corman and PM, I think, kind of had a similar style where it's like if somebody worked in one thing, they're going to use them as that thing in however many other movies. And so well, it's yeah, look at Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. And, and a lot of these people we're talking about appeared in both PM and, um, you know, Corman or Concord. You know, like like a lot of these these meatheads, it's like when you go through their IMDb, there was at least one Blood Fist appearance that they were in. So. <laughs> <laughs> It's something to be proud of, for sure. It's I was almost inevitable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
Now, some of these people I have now I haven't been in too many movies and they are somewhat obscure, but we have, I mean, well, this guy's not obscure, but his acting career kind of is, which is Ken Shamrock. Oh, yeah. I didn't even think of him. Because um, well, Champions, he yeah, does play a, a top-notch meathead in that movie. Um, you want to explain what he does in the movie? Or because is that he a... plays opposite the guy who looks like a meathead, headier David Letterman, who we call David Letterman. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love David Letterman. He was great. But, but I think Ken Shamrock definitely, not, I mean, not only did he get it, you know, have an all-time great acting moment for him, mm-hmm. but for almost any meathead or even action star of that time period when he is out in like kind of in the middle of where they're keeping him in prisoner, but he escapes and he's wearing a wrestling singlet and screaming while shooting a machine gun, (laughs) which is an amazing moment that people should see. Yes. It's the best part of the movie. (laughs) It's almost worth, worth, I want to say suffering through, but watching the rest of the movie just to get to that moment. Cause it's just, it's a classic nineties DTV action moment. If there ever was one. That's awesome. I, I remember Shamrock on um, – I, I don't know if they still do this show, but they used to do the show when the UFC was just becoming kind of what it is now, and they had like a reality show where fighters that weren't in the UFC yet could compete to be in the UFC. Yes, I remember that show, yes. Yeah, and Shamrock was one of the coaches because they would have like you know established UFC stars that, as the coaches. And so Shamrock was one, and so like everybody usually – like for their co- their co-coaches or their, their, their assistant coaches they'd bring on like other fighters that could like specialize in things like grappling and kicking and stuff um but shamrock brought on a nutritionist and it was this big bodybuilder meathead guy whose like idea of nutrition was like something from like 1988 you know like you know big protein and all this kind of stuff and all these people in the thing all these you know these young guys that are like trying to do this are, like but i gotta cut weight you know i'm not gonna be eating like you know three chicken cutlass you know before whatever it was like this guy wanted them to do but it was just so great it was so ken shamrock that he would have this big bodybuilder guy that's telling everybody to, to like eat a lot of potatoes and, and, and protein and well you know you don't become a meathead you know overnight you have to work at it exactly yeah but, if only um, we could Right. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Not everyone can. That's why these guys have such a special niche um, in the movie world and in all of our hearts. Um, Do you have any more meatheads, Matt, or are you, you fresh out of meat? I, I think I'm fresh out of meat. I was trying to think of my other, you know, because I think you've covered a lot of my um my my honorable mentions. I I think for me, like Red Brown was kind of an honorable mention because I wasn't sure. But now, you know, talking with you guys about it, I realize he probably should have been my number one. Um, yeah. So, well, yeah, he's very versatile. I can see why he would be number one. Yeah. Um, but and then we have a couple more names of you know I don't think they'll generate that much discussion but we'll just go down the list. We have Werner Herzinger oh, yeah. from um, Ty. What was that movie with Leo? Showdown. Fon? Showdown. Showdown. Yeah. He didn't really have much of a movie career, but if you watch Showdown, definitely a, a definite standout meathead in that movie. Um, next, we have Carl from Force Five, which oh, we just watched recently, so it's kind of fresh in our minds. But if you watch the movie Force Five, the character of Carl. Um, he, he's definitely a meathead. He almost looks like a more meatheady version of, um, uh, like George Kennedy. Cause I just thought of a meathead also. I just, I think it's probably oh. me on the list. Okay. Bear from Maximum Force. Oh yeah, sure. Yeah. Oh, good so, point. Yeah. That was a great meathead. Then he goes, Hall. Yeah. He was a good meathead. It was like. He might pass away. No spoilers. Now I have someone on the list. I don't know if really he's a meathead, but I'll just say it. Dave Buff from Cop Out. Oh, I think that because his name is Buff, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, it's just, it's just a guy named Dave Buff. So I, I, let's just move on. We'll move um, on. Yeah. We have uh, this. I don't know if he's a. Well, this might generate some discussion because I don't know if he's actually a, a meathead or not. But Robert Chapin well, from uh, Ring of Steel. Ring, Ring of Steel. I don't know. What do you think, Matt? Boy, yeah, because Ring of Steel. I mean. The movie itself, it just lends itself to meatheadery, right? I mean, yes. Um, oh, yes. you know, anything with like underground fencing or sword fighting it, <laughs> in the 90s was just it was like a lot of long hair and muscles um, with that kind of thing. <laughs> so, it, it, you know, I think just in, in the, the context of it, I think it's kind of like what we talked about with like a, like a Murdako where it's like, is he really a meathead or is it the context of the film that's making him a meathead? Um, I yeah, think that might be what you got question that only, Sorry. <laughs> it's a philosophical question that we all have to grapple with and the listener right. has to grapple with. Yes. I'm grappling it with it right now. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's a lot of grappling, at least in the Ken Shamrock version of things. Right, exactly. <laughs> Eating potatoes while grappling. Right. Yeah. Now, I also I have Michael Worth, speaking of the PM family. Um. Or, I don't, is that, or oh, I'm sorry, no. I'm thinking of Nicholas Worth. No, Michael Worth is a big meathead, um, right? Who's the one I'm thinking of? He, who was in um, Don't Answer the Phone? Well, and, it, um, Street Crimes is Michael Worth. Yeah. So. Which one's Final uh, Impact? Is that Michael or is it? Yeah, David? that's Mike. Yeah. Michael Worth. Yeah. <laughs> Mike. Because uh, yeah. I think there's a Nicholas Worth, and I think yeah. he might be a meathead also. It sounds yeah. familiar. Now I don't. I, I don't know what you're talking about, but it's, it's not really coming to me at the moment. Uh, all right, and also I have on the list tapped out. I didn't even write a name. I wrote tapped. Oh, right, because this guy who's on the cover of this movie called Tapped Out, Cody Hackman and Martin Cove. It's like a Karate yeah. Kid knockoff. Wait, you see that one? No, I haven't. Or, seen, I've been meaning to. I think I, I think I saw it on IMDb. When I was looking up uh, yeah. Martin Cove stuff. <laughs> yeah, and uh, well, I don't. Know, his name is very hard to pronounce, right, Brett? It's like I don't really want him. Try to pronounce it. Because like, <laughs> there's there's, kind of like there's a big meathead that's hard to pronounce in one of those newer kickboxer movies. Remember, it's that long, drawn-out fight. Oh, yes. right. Yes, or a lot of Hawaiian punch getting spit. <laughs> exactly, exactly. That guy, he's he's definitely a meathead. Well, and there's Undisputed, uh, Boyka of Undisputed 4, right? That's the guy. Oh, oh yeah. that's the guy I saved for last, Martin okay. Ford. Yeah. Oh my goodness, I mean, this guy's a meathead. Martin Ford is just, yeah. I mean, he is just a man mountain of epic proportions. I mean, <laughs> he's just like the biggest, beefiest meathead you could imagine. I mean, maybe it is partly the context, but I think he is huge in real life, like to the point where I don't know how he does like daily things like getting in and out of cars or going to the grocery store or going to the bathroom like how does he live he is so huge it's unbelievable yeah he reminded me of saget from uh street fighter um you just give him an eye patch and it was like that that's what you kind of envision that character as being when you when you play the video game and it's like he's like towering over like ken or whoever um that was, that yeah. was what i was thinking when i saw that yeah i mean I he's just ridiculous and, uh, <laughs> No, I'm going to cut you off. No, that's uh, all I have. He's ridiculous. Okay. <laughs> in a good way, I guess. I mean, he could probably crush me between his thumb and finger. <laughs> no, the guy, the villain from Tapped Out is a guy named Kristoff. Now, it's spelled very wackily. <laughs> Sazinski? All right, that's not so bad of a pronoun, you know. And he, he's oh, like yeah, a, okay, yes, yes. And he, has to, and he fights Cody Hackman, who's sort of like a little twerp. Yeah. Right? And it doesn't seem like they'd even be in the same weight class, but yet they end up fighting. <laughs> of course that happens. That always happens in these punch fighters. <laughs> yes. And the, the last one I have is uh, George Nicholas from Mannequin's Force. 
Oh yeah, this guy is. <laughs> and Sakura Killers. Yeah, it was, you guys see Sakura Killers, man. We haven't checked that out yet. Yeah, no, I so, need to see that. Yeah. Because this guy and, is a meathead. Yeah. But he's one of these lovable meatheads, I think. Yeah, it, you know, absolutely. I think you like it. You know, certainly in Sakura Killers, he's very likable from what I remember. The movie is just incredibly likable overall. But uh, he teams up with um, um, Chuck Connors. Right. So. And it's it's still on Amazon Prime or a movie for Sakura Killers. So, yeah, so that I recommend that to you and to anyone. Now, is that a Chuck Connors with the Brooklyn Dodgers? Of course. Um, yes, yes, it is. Absolutely. <laughs> I love seeing those ones. Oh yeah, and you team up with George Nicholas, you got gold. So yeah. I would, I would, um, I would recommend that to anyone and everyone. So and so you know, just in moving the discussion along, I was going to Meathead to Meathead. But if you guys want to go back and maybe say something about Meatheads that um, you didn't get a chance to say, no, no, I, I'm I have nothing else to say about uh, Meatheads. We, we <laughs> yeah. I mean, the one thing that came up that I was thinking about when you mentioned Maximum Force is, do we think what, what do we think of the Sam Jones? Like, where do we put him? Is he like a meathead or is he like a brickhead? I mean, what what would yeah, he a brickhead? I like yeah. that. If there's yeah, a brickhead, brickhead. It definitely would be him. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, he's a brickhead. He's, you know, we were kind of talking about that color gradient. I mean, he's yeah. kind of towards the beginning, maybe the middle. I don't. I just don't think he's jacked he's enough a, to like be a meathead. level one. He's like a level yeah. one. Yeah. So he would be a brickhead, right? Is that be yeah. level one? Yeah, like he can take a punch kind of guy. Like you, you, yeah. you, you hit him, and he's gonna, it's gonna hurt your fist more. If you punch <laughs> yeah. him. Well, you didn't mention the, the whole lantern jaw thing. He definitely has that. Yeah, yeah, so, so, yeah. It's it's interesting when you think of these, like you talk about these gradients, because like, yeah, I mean, John Matsuzak might fit more into that brickhead category. But oh, he's also kind of a how do we not think of him? Oh my gosh, yeah. what an oversight! Yeah, thank you for mentioning him. Yeah, one man force, one. That's an amazing movie. <laughs> oh, when he's like chugging the two liter bottle of slice. I mean, it's just like well, investigating the crime scene. And it's like the two liter bottle of slice looks like a, a 20 ounce bottle in my hand. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, he crushes someone with a refrigerator yeah, in the beginning. He picked up the refrigerator, which is impossible to do usually. But only, only Matuzak can do it. Well, it's impossible for you. It's not yeah, I can't, do it. I can't do it right now. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, there, there's a scene where he just like I think when they, they do the whole cop and bat you know like removing your you know we're, we're going to take your badge away or something yes. he just like clears off like the guy's table and then like <laughs> Ronnie like, Cox right, right yeah, exactly I was like I mean yeah he's He's fantastic, and that one man force. I mean, that might be one of the one. That's, I I absolutely love that movie. It's it's it's. No, when, when you we do too. I rewatched it last year, and it was it just delivered the goods all over again. Yeah. So. Yeah, he's fantastic. I mean, you know, because I think we, that might be the ultimate come up in reviews movie. Like you know, I said, the opening to um, Hard uh, Justice. David Bradley. What, say, Hard, what is it? Hard Justice. Hard oh, yeah. Justice. That's like the that's the ultimate movie opening. You know, in our world, that might be the uh, One Man Force might be the ultimate full movie of, for come up in reviews. I mean, it has everything you could want. Yeah, I, I I don't remember how I first came across it. I don't know if maybe maybe you even saw it, like if you guys reviewed it first, well, and I was like, oh, I got to see this or something. Yeah, I found it along at a place called Time Tunnel for like twenty five cents. It's like, what is this movie? <laughs> yeah. And then I watched and we watched. Oh, I watched it by myself, and then I reviewed. It was one of these old reviews I did. But then I re I think I rewatched the review, Brett. Yes, I do. Oh, I definitely yeah. remember that, and I remember it's, loving it, thinking this is like a classic. It's yeah. gold. It's gold. 
Yeah, so. if people haven't seen that, and, and 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 there's a good chance they probably haven't seen it just because it is a little bit more obscure. But True, like, yeah. like you said, it really it fits. Like like I I think you're right. Like I, I for, especially for what you guys do. I mean, I think even for our site, you know, for direct to video, it's like it's it's like what we got into doing this for. That was the movie. Yeah. That was like that movie you have in your head of like this is what I want to talk about for this site. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's it, it it's that good and yeah I mean I guess you know he you know he, he I guess we could probably put him in the meathead category I mean I don't know he's just oh definitely yeah he's a, he's a top tier one because he's like but he has that a great screen presence yeah that he's yeah so yeah. You, just, well, you can't I, help but love I'm glad you mentioned him there yeah, that was good yeah. I wouldn't want to have done this podcast without mentioning that yeah, movie that's good we said that. Yeah, no, well, I, I thought of it because when you mentioned Maximum Force, I thought of, of of Sam Jones, and then it just kind of you know came into my head. Um, we were talking about like kind of the the brickhead style as opposed to the meathead, you know, because much as I could kind of fit in that category where if you punched him in the head, it, you he, he you think of those characters right where it's like they punch you know the baddie punches them, like kind of the henchman what punches them, and then like kind of shakes their hand or something or like looks right. like oh what what did I just do you know like this, you know, oh boy I'm in trouble now you know and um, yeah so it's, it was yeah it hurts him Matuzak I mean that kind of brings to mind Lyle Alzado oh yeah oh. Oh, yeah. They yeah. Could, they could have been in a movie. They could be brothers in a movie. <laughs> yeah. yeah, very similar. I mean, because in the 80s, Lyle Alzado had a pretty good career. And I think uh, – I mean, it's easy to forget that now. But in the 80s, he was a big name. And I, I think Matuzak at least could have had what Alzado had. Oh, yeah. Yeah, earnest movies, things like that, like, you know, commercial stuff. I mean, he was – Oh, yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Um, all right, well that's that, that's the end of our list. I, so, yeah. any final thoughts about Meatheads? Not. Um, just watch. Try. Uh, maybe make a list of um, these Meathead movies. They're like the top five Meathead movies people want to check out. Sakura Killers and One Man Force. Yeah. Oh, you said Hologram Man. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely Hologram Man. Yeah, and and, and Skyscraper, of course. But I, you know, also maybe even T Force in the sense that like. You don't get a lot of personality from Malibu and and um uh and Evan Laurie in that one, but you've got two top notch films. Yes, no, that's a good one. I'd also say um uh, probably Project Eliminator. Yeah. Oh, that's, a, that's a good choice. So. Um, um, because that way you get Frey Lick and Zagarino fighting, and it's just a fun movie. Um, yeah, so that's pretty good. It's a I killing mean, zone. A killing zone. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, so in pretty much any of the punch fighting movies of that time, would you get your fill of meatheads? And Matthias Hughes is probably going to be in at least one of them, if not more. Actually, a really great Matthias Hughes one I watched recently was um, Droid Gunner, aka Cyber Tracker. Um, Fred Olin Ray directed with um, Mark Singer. He actually does the meathead turn. And oh, I, I, actually, I'm giving oh. away the movie, so I shouldn't be. I, oh, it's okay. Yeah, it, it, there is no meathead turn. Don't, that, forget okay. I said that. Okay. So <laughs> no, just, never say it. Right, but he's he's a really lovable meathead in that movie. He's like a, even when he's doing bad things, when he's a bad guy, it's like kind of a roguish meathead that that's a lot of fun. All right, so I would just say um, if our listeners out there think that we forgot any meatheads, I mean, if there's any names or any movies that we forgot to mention, write in and well, yeah. we'll read what meatheads you thought of that we didn't think of sure. um, on and the next episode. The, we get out the plugs and. Um, well, Matt, what do you got? You got some plugs? Yeah. Well, I mean, so so the 
the standard is um, dtvconnoisseur.blogspot.com. That's the main site. You can pretty pretty much find everything there. Um, you know, uh, uh, just some, something. You know, my, my novel is Chad and Accounting. Um, you can pick that up on on Amazon if you're you're interested. Um, and then the podcast. I haven't been doing new podcast episodes, but hopefully in October we we will start to get back to doing the podcast. But um, that's on you know all the, the you know the kind of the main ones, iTunes and things like that. And of course, I'm on all social media as either DTVC or DTV Connoisseur. All right. Excellent. Nice and streamlined there because I have to jump around to different names. Uh, So we got, uh, let's see. Well, there's the website, comeuppancereviews.net. And then we got Thai Action Rocks on Instagram. And we have Thai Comeuppance on the Twitter. And then we're on Facebook. And what else is there? And we're, you know, we got the podcast and all the podcatchers. And uh, rate and review us on Spotify, oh, not yes. iTunes. Yes, and on iTunes. <laughs> and iTunes, uh, but take a break from iTunes. Go to Spotify or uh, Google Play. And, right, or and Amazon and, Music or yep. any of the places where we are. Um, and, yeah, if you want to email us about Meatheads or about on Golden sure. Pond or about anything you want, <laughs> I see our podcast at yahoo.com. Great. Sounds great. So thanks but again, Matt, for being on the show. Yeah, well, thank- Thank you yeah, to thanks, the director Matt. of Video Connoisseur, Matt, for providing very good insights about yeah. Meatheads, I think. Yeah, Thank it's a lot you. of fun. Yeah, I, 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 this is a lot of fun as always. I think, you know, it, it's one of those things where it's just, you know, like this, this idea of the Meathead, we kind of all recognize it, but to actually be able to flesh it out and discuss it like this is a lot of fun. Yes, yes. Oh, no, I agree. And yeah. as we said before we started recording, where else are you going to get this kind of material? That's why you have to listen to this podcast because you're not going to get this sort of content anywhere else. No, you're not. <laughs> All right. Well, that's it for us. Thank you for listening. Thanks for listening. Um, I guess that's Ty, it. anything you want to say? Nope. That's it. Uh, bye. <laughs> <laughs> bye, everybody.